on February the 24th, 1836, a man born in Rhode Island rode to the town of Gonzales, Texas. His name was Albert Martin, and he carried a message from San Antonio to Bear, 70 miles away. The words on the paper were a cry for help, and people today are still inspired by them. On December 25, 1835, Texian forces had been camped outside of San Antonio de Bear for over a month. Centralist Mexican forces held the town, and the troops were growing discouraged. Stephen F. Austin had left after being given a new appointment. James Bowie was in Goliad. Several Texians had left to see to the needs of their farms and their families, and the remaining soldiers there debated whether or not they should also leave. Then a man who had grown tired of waiting for a decision said, Who will follow old Ben Milam into San Antonio? Over 300 men, including Tejano Juan Seguin, chose to follow. Old Ben Milam was killed in combat on the third day, but by December 9, 1835, the Texians seized control of San Antonio de Bear. General Sam Houston asked Bowie to travel to San Antonio to Bear and present his recommendation to leave the Alamo after blowing it up. Bowie arrived on January the 19th and shared the recommendation with Commander James C. Neal, and they decided to disregard the suggestion and hold the Alamo and Bear. There were two main routes into Texas in 1836. Mexican General Jose de Uria arrived at Matamoros along the southern route on January 31st, 1836. He was following Santa Ana's orders to take that route. Santa Ana was still making preparations to march to Texas and would follow by the other route towards Bear. Santa Ana began his march towards Bear on February the 1st, 1836. Neilan Bowie had sent a letter to Provisional Governor Henry Smith stating that they preferred to, quote, die in these ditches than give up this post to the enemy. Smith sent Lieutenant Colonel William B. Travis with about 30 men to assist them in their quest to hold the Alamo. They arrived in San Antonio de Bear on February the 3rd, 1836 the same day that Santa Ana reached Monclova, about 300 miles away. The winter march was taking its toll on Santa Ana's army. Many were from the tropical state of the Yucatan, and several hundred would be lost to the weather on the march to San Antonio. While Sam Houston was negotiating a treaty with the Cherokee Nation and their allied nations, David Crockett was traveling to San Antonio. The treaty was signed with the Cherokee on February the 5th, 1836, and Crockett and his fellow Tennesseans, about 30 in number, arrived in San Antonio de Bear on February the 8th, 1836. Crockett had long been an American celebrity, and his arrival was a welcome one. He ingratiated himself to the Texians when he said he wanted no rank higher than private. Alamo Commander James C. Neal left the Alamo on February 11th, 1836. He promised to return with reinforcements and supplies within 20 days. Surely Santa Ana would not arrive until mid-March. Travis was the ranking commissioned officer 
while Bowie had been elected colonel by the volunteer soldiers, and the volunteers respected Bowie. So the two worked out an arrangement to share the command. Santa Anna crossed the Rio Grande with his army on February 16, 1836. He was now about a week away from his goal. And keep in mind that Santa Anna was no stranger to the area. He had earlier gained experience in Texas in 1813 while serving with Arredondo at the Royalist victory at the Battle of Medina and its bloody aftermath. He would apply lessons learned there in the near future. Santa Anna reached the Medina River on February 21st, and scouts began to arrive and inform Colonel Travis that the Mexican army was drawing close ahead of expectations. A lookout in the San Fernando Church saw the approaching Mexican army on February 23rd, 1836. The Texian forces fell back to the Alamo, and Santa Anna entered San Antonio Bear without firing a shot. At the same church, from which the lookout had spotted the approaching army, San Fernando. Santa Anna had a red flag raised to send the message that he would show no mercy. He demanded that the Texans surrender unconditionally. And Travis? Well, Travis responded with his own message. He had the Texans fire an 18-pounder, the largest cannon they had. And the Mexican army began a bombardment of the Alamo and the siege of the Alamo began. Bowie fell ill and became confined to his bed, leaving Travis in command. Travis had already sent out letters requesting men and supplies and would do so even during the siege. But on February 24, 1836, he sent the one with Albert Martin that would someday become one of the most famous letters in history. And these are the words that he wrote. Commandancy of the Alamo, Bear, February 24th, 1836. To the people of Texas and all Americans in the world, fellow citizens and compatriots, I am besieged by a thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. I have sustained a continual bombardment and cannonade for 24 hours and have not lost a man. The enemy has demanded a surrender at discretion. Otherwise, the garrison are to be put to the sword if the fort is taken. I have answered the demand with a cannon shot, and our flag still waves proudly from the walls. I shall never surrender or retreat. Then I call on you in the name of liberty, of patriotism, and everything dear to the American character to come to our aid with all dispatch. The enemy is receiving reinforcements daily and will no doubt increase to three or four thousand in four or five days. If this call is neglected, I am determined to sustain myself as long as possible and die like a soldier who never forgets what is due to his own honor and that of his country. Victory or death. William Barrett Travis, Lieutenant Colonel, Commanding. P.S. The Lord is on our side. When the enemy appeared in sight, we had not three bushels of corn. We have since found in deserted houses 80 or 90 bushels and got into the walls 20 or 30 head of beeves. Travis. 
Upon reaching Gonzales, Albert Martin added some additional proscripts to the document, stressing the necessity of reinforcements. He wrote, Since the above was written, I heard a very heavy cannonade during the whole day. Think there must have been an attack made upon the Alamo. We were short of ammunition when I left. Hurry on all the men you can in haste. When I left, there was but 150 determined to do or die. Tomorrow I leave for Bear with what men I can raise. Then there was some illegible copy, and he closed at all events. And then added, Colonel Almonte is there. The troops are under the command of General Sesma. Albert Martin then handed the letter to Lancelot Smither, who added his own postscript. I hope that everyone will rendezvous at Gonzales as soon as possible, as the brave soldiers are suffering. Do not neglect this. Powder is very scarce and should not be delayed one moment, L. Smither. Smither then carried it on to San Felipe de Austin, where delegates were trying to determine their course of action. Independence had not yet been proclaimed. The letter reached the hands of Provisional Governor Smith on February 27, 1836, and he sent the words to be printed as a handbill for distribution. Local publishers printed over 700 copies of the letter, and Texas' two main newspapers shared the message as well. Eventually, the words reached the United States and then even beyond to Europe. The words did inspire men in Texas and the United States to make an effort to come to the aid of Texas and his men, but they could only travel so fast. Some did arrive in time to die with the Alamo defenders, but many of the rest that the words inspired would play their part in the army that eventually defeated Santa Ana at San Jacinto. Thanks for listening to Texas History Lessons. Take care of yourself. Take care of one another. Be kind. Adios. Mm-hmm.